This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. Father, our provider, he knew that we would need help, and he provided that help. Is the Christian life easy? It's not. I mean, is it easy to keep living for the one we cannot see when there are so many others we can see pulling us in all directions? It's hard. It's hard to prioritize the invisible God when there's so many visible people trying to vie for our attention and our attitudes and just trying to get to us. So it can be very, very challenging. You know, the devil is pretty sneaky in how he tries to distract us from God. In our world, there are many things that need our attention. Things in our everyday lives that we're aware of, like our schedules or our agendas for the day. The enemy can easily take advantage of those things and distract us from God's ways. Well, in today's message, Pastor Troy will encourage you to prioritize God in those moments of temptation. The Father knows it's not easy, so He sent His Helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with you constantly. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John, chapter 17, with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. We catch a glimpse of His intercessory work in John, chapter 17, when He prays for His disciples. John 17, 9 says this, Jesus praying, speaking, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. But for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. In John 17, 11, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. And his prayer continued, John 17, 20 and 21. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. We were prayed for by Jesus that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. He's praying for unity. Now, we all just kind of come to the same uh, set of beliefs unless those beliefs are in him. Truth. Can you dance in church? We don't think you can dance in church. What about this and what about that? None of that stuff but the truths about who Christ is and the message of the gospel going out. Not whether I wore jeans today or these or a tie or no tie. Not that kind of agreement. There's variety there in the body. But about Christ and the gospel and what he came for and who he is, that these things could be communicated effectively and with unity, uh, a single message. You know, we speak a lot about the finished work of Christ The finished work of Christ on the cross. And we should. It's very important. It's key. It's pivotal. But there's also an unfinished work of Christ actively going on today for those who are His. It's going on right now. It's the intercessory work of Christ on our behalf to the Father. Romans 8.34 says, 
Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. This is makes is an active ongoing, not and made intercession for us. He prayed once for you. No, he makes. This is active, part of his ministry. Now, this is where the Catholic Church has gone way off course in their ability to develop and grow. Because I've talked to some in, in, higher up in the Catholic Church, and I've asked the question, why do you go through Mary? Why do you go through certain saints? And he said, they say that, well, Jesus is busy. And so we go through these different ones who they, they had to divide up the work, you know. And so you go through them and they go and they take it and, and they go to Jesus for us. Well, that defeats everything the Bible has said about what Jesus' ministry is. An unavailable intercessor is not very good. He is the intercessor. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And he didn't say, I'll get so busy, we're going to have secretaries for me. He said, you come only by me. You cannot come by anyone else as good or even as godly as they were. And so think about it. They're trying to get to the intercessor. We have the intercessor. We're going to the intercessor to get to the Father. They're going the wrong direction. They're stopping at the wrong place. They're going through the wrong way. And you can't grow. There's no power in that. There's no relationship in that. It's diverted and it's diluted. So if you were ever wondering what Jesus has been up to in heaven all these years, you know, is he just kind of up there sitting, waiting to return? Is he just going like, when is that last Gentile going to finally say yes so I can return? No, he's, well, one, we know he's preparing a place, but he's also been actively talking to the Father about you interceding. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, we read this, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. First John gives us more insight into Jesus' intercessory ministry on, on our behalf. First John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now, that word advocate is very important. It's really the term used for a lawyer. We have a defense attorney in heaven. Why do we need a defense attorney in heaven? Well, the same reason anyone needs a defense attorney anywhere. There's a prosecutor. So there's an accuser. Who is that? Who do you think that is? Well, let me read. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Uh, don't, don't guess. Revelation 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Busy is Satan. Accusing, accusing, accusing. And that'll be that final time, that final uh, 
years of the tribulation when Satan no longer, did you know he has access right now? To accuse you before the Lord? He has access. I mean, Job. So he's got access, but there's coming a time when he's cast down and he goes, okay, he's serious. Time's limited and he's going to go on a rampage. This is one time, guys, that Satan doesn't have to lie to make a good case. To accuse you, we don't deserve heaven. In fact, anything we have done, we've done to disqualify us from heaven. We don't deserve it. And he's got enough stuff that we've done for real that the author of lies doesn't even have to author any lies on our behalf. So as the accusations come out against us, it's, it's kind of like this. We have a, a defense attorney up there who says, goes to, the, goes to the, fa- the judge, the father, and he leans in at that time when the accused accusations are being made, and he says, Father, uh, don't worry about this one. He's covered by the blood. He's mine. He believes in me. I have a relationship with him. And it's that easy. The Father is never thinking ill of you. Because Christ is our intermediator. He's interceding. You know, we want to stand in in Christ in the work that He's done. It's going to feel great to be up there knowing that everything that had been accused, you've been accused of, is like true. You go, man, I don't deserve heaven at all. But to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. What did I do? Well, nothing yourself. But you believed in me, so come on in. It's going to be awesome because you don't want to stand up there in your own works. You do not want to do that. Because, see, the accusations that would condemn you are going to stick. Because it doesn't matter how many good things you've done, the stuff that will be said of you or would be said of you up there is true. Did you do that? Well, yeah. But that was before I knew you. Well, but you're a sinner. You didn't have me. Or you didn't even know me. You didn't come to me. You knew about me, but we had no relationship. And the worst thing that you want to hear at that moment is, depart from me, you you worker of lawlessness. I never knew you. Who are you? You see, it really is about who you know up there. If Jesus knows you, if you have a relationship with Jesus, he will never, ever forsake you. He's interceding on your behalf. He loves you. And he's given the Father the good counsel. And on that day, it's all going to be prepared. It's going to be some long, drawn-out court case. You're already in. He lives to intercede. We need an intercessor. President Abraham Lincoln was known as a man who had a heart to pardon individuals if he could find any justifiable reason to do so, especially those who were guilty of certain war crimes. Um, He knew how difficult war was anyway. And so there was a story uh, about during the Civil War, a man was trying to get an audience with President Lincoln because his son had been convicted of desertion and he was going to be executed. So he's outside crying. The, The guards, no one would let him in. He couldn't get an audience with the president. And he knew the president had a kind heart, a compassionate heart. And he knew the information he had if the president just had this about his son and then why he made the decision that he might be merciful. But he couldn't even get an audience. And so as he's crying, a, 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 a boy comes by, a young boy comes by and says, Mister, why are you crying? 
And he tells him, you know, my son is, uh, is set to be killed, executed because of desertion. And if I could just talk to President Lincoln, if I could just give him some more of the facts, I know he's a just and, and he's an even a merciful man that he would maybe be merciful to my son. And he said, oh, the boy said, well, then come with me because I'm going to go see him right now. He's my dad. Now, can you imagine having that kind of access? Now, as the story goes, the man did get an audience with Abraham Lincoln and his son would become one of many pardons under Lincoln's presidency. But can you imagine? Can't get to him. Can't get to him. And someone says, well, he's not even in there. The guards are running at a strap. I know where he's at. He's my dad. Come with me. Can you imagine that kind of access? That's what we have with the intercessor. We need an intercessor. There's so much more to learn from today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. So be sure to stay tuned for the next part of Pastor Troy's message. Building on the Solid Rock is the radio teaching ministry of Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel Solid Rock in San Antonio, Texas. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our weekly services on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. for a time of worship and learning from the Word of God. You can also come by on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for our in-depth Bible study. Learn more about the church and find directions at our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We hope to see you there. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. So, there's the provider, there's the intercessor, and now let's look at the third team member, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So the the third teammate. The Holy Spirit, who is the helper. That's his position on the team, the role, the helper. Now, one thing I'd like to clarify before we move forward on this teammate in particular. This teammate is a he, not an it. Um, Nowhere in Scripture does Jesus ever refer to the Holy Spirit as an essence or an it always refers to the Holy Spirit with the pronouns he or him, in this case, whom, which is, has personality. The Holy Spirit is not an essence. Now, I don't get how it all works and how a person of the Trinity is everywhere, but that's just the way it is. I know with his role, he needs to be everywhere. There's a lot of us running around, a lot of us little kids running around. You ever spoke to a mom? said, I wish I could just be everywhere all at once. Well, the helper gets to. The Holy Spirit gets to. His role on the team is, is as the helper. The word helper is parakletos. Um, it can mean, in some interpretation, Bible interpretations may say comforter or counselor. It literally means this. It could mean any of those, but it means all of those, not just one of those. So it literally means one who is called to come alongside and to help you. The helper. You know what that means? That means that God, the Father, our provider, he knew 
that we would need help, and he provided that help. Is the Christian life easy? It's not. I mean, is it easy to keep living for the one we cannot see when there are so many others we can see pulling us in all directions? It's hard. It's hard to prioritize the invisible God when there's so many visible people trying to vie for our attention and our attitudes and just trying to get to us. So it can be very, very challenging. Is it easy to live for the glory of one you cannot see when there's an invisible enemy pouring into you how good you might be and how much attention and how you did this and how good you could be and how well you've done, how much you could do so that you could seek your own glory? It's hard, isn't it? It's very challenging. You could say that the Holy Spirit is the one who helps keep us on course, keeps us focused, brings things to remembrance that need to be brought up, puts fuel in our spiritual tanks, brings God's word to mind when we need it. He's working on calibrating our consciences, which is, by the way, a full-time job. We keep him pretty busy, actually. So we have this helper, but he's not called the helper. He's, there's a word there, another helper. And that word another is very, very important. There are a couple of words in Greek that could be used to interpret another. One is heteros. Heteros means another of a different kind. And then there's alos. Alos means the, another of the exact same kind. That's the word Jesus uses here, alos. Here's an example of how that looks, how that works. So let's say a friend lets you borrow a CD. So you borrow that CD, the cover and everything, and you listen to it. You love the music, maybe some of the songs. You know, they're, they're, I love the band. And so you, when you give the CD back, you go, I want one of those. So you go to the store and you look for their CD. Now, you heard those songs. That's fine. You want to hear different songs, though. So you buy one of their CDs, but a different one, volume two or whatever it is, and you get it. So it's, it's another, but it's another of a different kind. It's a different one. But let's say I go to the store. I liked the graphics, the artwork. That I'm going I'm to use that. I can copy it and put it on my wall. And I love those exact songs. So I'm going to go. I'm going to find an exact copy. I'm going to go get that, and I'm going to buy that one. That is Alos. That is another one. But it is, exact, it is the exact same. It's the exact same thing. So what Jesus is saying here by saying, I'm going to send you another helper, and that word another is very key here, is there's going to be one exactly like myself who will be with you. See, the disciples are concerned about a future without him, but he's saying don't worry about that. That's why that word comforter is sometimes used because they were uncomfortable about this, and he's going to send a comforter, that you're going to be comforted. But he says, I'm going to send one to you. But, but in this case, it's not just like when he was physically here, each one of them, they can go four, five, 15 different directions, and there he is right there with them. It's better. Jesus even said, it's good that I go away. So if I don't go away, I can't send the helper, the comforter. So this gives us important information if we're going to understand verse 18 when Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Let me give you a little more background before we um, finish that one off. During Jesus' time, 
disciples were common, rabbis, instructors were common, teachers. And it was a way of life. You were learning from someone. So whenever a group of learners lost their teacher through death or some unforeseeable circumstances, they were called or referred to as orphanos or orphans. The reason is they they were teacherless. They were the one who had all of the answers, the ones who they kind of flocked around, like, I don't get it. Answer the question for us. Well, they don't have him anymore. They're, They're vulnerable and seemingly helpless. So Jesus is affirming to them that, look, I'm not going to go away and leave you orphans like that. But I'm going to come to you. You won't be on your own, but I will still be with you. And he's referring specifically to the sending of another helper, just like himself, the Holy Spirit. See, it doesn't refer to when he comes back, I will come to you. Because then that wouldn't answer the question of leaving us orphans. Because then he did until he comes back. But he didn't. He's never left us alone. He's never left us orphans. Without a guide, a teacher, without the helper, the comforter, the advocate. Without himself. We're not alone. Not only is he another helper, but he's a permanent helper. Uh, look at verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Jesus was with them for three and a half years as their teacher. Kind of gave them a start. Jesus allowed the disciples to know who God is, to touch him, to see. It was the starter kit. Look, you guys don't know your father. You don't know. So he kept saying things like, you've seen me, you've seen the father. I want you to know who your God is. So they were able to physically touch, physically see. Not only that, but he clothed himself with flesh so that he could pay the price of sin and represent us to the Father. So he did all of that, but he was only here three and a half years. Three and a half years is fine. It's a nice long time. But once that three and a half year mark came, it wasn't good anymore. Like, wait a minute, we don't want you to go. And so he promised them that he would not leave them but he would send another helper. And this helper, guess what? He wasn't going to be here just for three and a half years to kind of keep them going for a little bit. He was going to be with them forever. For good. Sealed. Done deal. Verse 17 says, he dwells with you and will be in you. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells the disciples that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He talks about the power that will come from their life. Here's the way that I've heard it put um, concerning the role of the Holy Spirit. He comes after us to save us. So we can actually hear the conviction of God, even though he's not in us. He comes after us. He's near us. He's next to us. He convicts the world of sin. But then he comes in us to sanctify. That's a a long-term forever work. That's going on until we're in heaven and everything unlike him is done away with. But there are times where he comes upon us in sort of like a supercharge mode. Times where we are enabled to do things well beyond ourselves. We experience him in a way that is 
just more real than ever been before. I think there are times where he comes upon those who are his when they are in the greatest times of, of um, facing like death or, or persecution or loss and suffering. That's all we have time for today on Building on the Solid Rock. Next time, Pastor Troy Neely will teach again in the book of John as he goes verse by verse and chapter by chapter through this gospel book. If this series has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love to hear from our listeners about their experience with this ministry. Let us know if you have any questions about our radio program. In addition to hearing encouraging messages on the radio, it's important to be involved in a local church. If you live in or are visiting the San Antonio area, come visit Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. You'll find service times on our church website. Just follow the link from buildingonthesolidrock.com. If you're unable to be there in person, join us online. That's all for today. Be sure to tune in again for more from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come